Thank you for choosing this Dream Center podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for further updates. You know, all that we see here today, if you look around, all that we see in this room from when we first came in, the warmth of the, the spirit, the warmth of the people, the, the dimension of worship that we're allowed to go to. And I say allowed because you're making the journey. Uh, there's many churches that won't allow that dimension to break loose amongst the people. They don't teach the people how to flow in that dimension. But, you know, when we look around and, we, and we, sometimes we take these things for granted, these are a result of something. These are the result of labor, of our labor. These are, these are the result of God laboring with us. These are beautiful things. When people come into this presence and they say, what makes this church different? It's not the things, it's people. It's dimensions. Get that word. It's dimensions in the spirit that make this church different. Amen? It's dimensions. And each one of us carries a dimension. We bring in a dimension. Some may have a a negative dimension. Some may have a very positive dimension. But in this house, there's a very positive dimension being carried and shared amongst us. And it's, it's an easy dimension. It's an easy environment to learn in. It's an easy environment to touch God in. It's an easier environment to upgrade yourself in the current technologies of heaven. Amen. And that's because it's a, you have receptive hearts. And you can, how many of you know you can be in the glory and if you haven't got a receptive heart, it'll just go past you. But because you are, you are a congregation that is, is becoming more and more receptive and open to the things of God. Yes, I know we're all making different journeys and some people are just still not quite sure. However, majority of people are making that journey and it makes it so much easier for those entering in. Because the water level's already here. And when you go to the swimming baths, you enter the water, you don't, you don't necessarily think about how, whether it really is three foot or really six foot. You just enter in at the level that you are comfortable with. And then as you get more and more familiar with the waters, you then go either way. Do you not? And that's the way people will view this house as they come in. They'll find their level and they'll go up and up and up. Now, the problem is with that is people want to define their levels, but we never want you to define your level. We want the Holy Spirit to define it. Because you by nature uh, will procrastinate. You will rest. You will stop. You will stay where you are. God says, no, don't. Go, go more. Go more. So God is always raising the water level in the church. Amen. So it's dimensions. This environment just doesn't happen. It hasn't just happened. It's been built over years. It's been built over the, over the troubled times, the difficult times, the, the unusual times. But it's been built nevertheless. And it's been built by you and me and the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we've labeled, we've said we've labored in this. But you know, one of the key things to our environment changing, and here it is right now in a nutshell, is that we have, decla- we have learned the power of de- declaration and we've learned the power of declaring things in this house. And when you declare things, things begin to change. Not just because you say things, but because when the word of God comes to our hearts and God says, speak that out, the power, what those words create is God's business. Your, and my, your job and my job is to be obedient. If God says, speak it out, you speak it out. And we're going to look at that this morning. Why is declaration so important? Yes, declaration over our lives is so, so important. This house has made many, many, many declarations. Do you know, a curse is a declaration. When you curse somebody, you're declaring something over their life. And that, those words carry spirit and life. And when you, de- when you curse somebody, you want something to happen to them. And then your words carry a spirit. And a spirit then goes to work and causes destruction. So if, a, if we can understand the, 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 the power of a negative declaration, how much more should we understand the power of a positive declaration? If, if a curse can, can do that, that's why many Africans here will tell you in, in, their, in those African nations, they, they, the people believe in the power of the witch doctor. They know people go to the witch doctor and spend money and say, go and curse him. And people die. 
People die. Is that right, my friends? These guys understand this. Very, very powerful. Why? Because men carry spirits. But so do you. You carry the living God within you. The Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit says speak, he carries a wind and he carries a dynamic. But just as the witch doctor can say something negative, the Spirit of God can say you speak and I'll, and I'll just dispel what the negative guys just said. Amen. So the power of declaration changes everything in our midst. Let me just tell you what declare means. To make clearly known. Or to announce officially. I like that. So when God says something, we announce it officially. The king has said, blah, blah, blah. It also means to state emphatically. To show, reveal, and to manifest. Wow. I love this. To show, reveal, and to manifest. To make known one's choices and opinions. So when God says declare, it's his choices and his opinions. What really matter? Your job is not to get in the midst and say, well, Lord, I don't agree. Your job is to say, okay, God, I'll speak what you're, in, you're willing. Amen? The word, that's the word declare, that's what it means. But the word declaration means, listen, the ruling of a judge. Or a court on a question of law. So it's a ruling. So now we go into a higher level. Yes? So it's, it's, a, it's a ruling of a judge or a court on a question of law, such as, example, the chancery in a high court. So when God says something, declare, it's a high ruling. God's overruling everything on the earth. God's overruling everything in the spirit realm. And God's saying, my word is higher than everybody else's. So when I speak, every, the whole earth has to listen. That is the power of declaration. Now, when God puts that declaration in your mouth and my mouth, guess what? It's all gone. That's why we must know how to speak the word of God for our lives. Amen? We must know how to do it. God loves, loves. He loves declaring things. Every day, God's declaring something. In the throne room, the angels, the elders are declaring Worthy, worthy, worthy. You are worthy, oh God, to receive glory and honor. Everywhere God is, he loves the sound of declarations being made. That's why worship is a declaration. That's why worship is not singing songs. Worship is, oh God, you're wonderful. Oh God, I've never seen anyone like you. Lord, your glory is magnificent. Your love, your love. They're, they're, they're declarations based on a revelation you're receiving. Yes, that's why worship is never about songs. It's about spirit connecting with spirit. If flesh wants to sing, flesh will have a good time. Well, I don't like that song. I don't like this song. Well, that's called flesh. But when spirit connects, bang. That's what, listen, worship does not come from your diaphragm. It comes from your spirit, man. That's so good. I'd write that down. That's free. It doesn't come from your diaphragm. It comes from your spirit, man. That's a great revelation right there. You know where that came from, don't you? Out of my spirit, man. You won't read that in a book. You right now if someone nicks it, but... Remember, royalties. PT says, God loves declaring. He loves declaring over your life. He loves declaring over his people. He loves declaring over the nations. He loves declaring over the cities. He loves declaring over homes. There isn't a place where God's word has not been spoken. Do you know that? In fact, Deuteronomy, I'm just going to take you on a few scriptures to show you the power of how much God loves. In Deuteronomy 5.1, he says, Moses summoned all of Israel and said, Hear, O Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your healing, your hearing sorry, today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. So when God begins to speak over a nation, he declares... Over something over a nation and he wants that nation to be familiar with those declarations amen so god has spoken things over this house do you know that dream center god has spoken things over this house prophetic things god has declared god has declared that there is a treasure trove for this house god has declared that i will get a new coat and you will get a new staff and i will get new food for the people god has declared those things now, you can either take him serious or you can say, well, it's just pastor who's been on one. 
But you can either, whenever a prophetic word comes to us as the church, you can just think that that's somebody, that's an American, that's a Malaysian, that's whatever nationality it comes from. Or you can say, I'm going to live by these declarations. These declarations are the intent of heaven. So the declaration, he says, listen. So Moses brought the people together. He summoned them. He called them together. We're going to have a holy moment here. He says, listen, O Israel. So let me put the made that contemporary tone. He gathers the dream center together. And he says, dream center, listen. Oh, dream center, to the decrees and laws, I declare in your hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. So God wants you to be familiar, not familiar in the passive sense, but familiar in the proactive sense with all the prophetic words that God speaks to us as a house. Because if he speaks it to us as a corporate house, it means that you can tap into it on a private level. Okay? So if I buy food in my house and I, and I uh, build a house with, with, uh, which is comfortable and it's got food, how many of you know my children can go and receive everything that's in my house? Yes? They ask. Of course they do. And, and, but the point is, everything that father's uh, built for, the, my, for his children, his children can go and take. So as God speaks to us as a corporate house, you're in. You as an individual can go and take from that. You must understand that. When we talk about house, God's speaking to us together in his hearing, but he's speaking to you privately and personally. Amen? It doesn't only work on a Sunday. It's got to work the other six days. True? So... Let me understand that clearly. Deuteronomy 30, verse 18. Deuteronomy 30, 18. He says, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. Oh, he's declaring something. He's a judge. He's ruling something now. Listen, you will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. So he's telling them, this day I call heaven and earth as a witness. Wow. Against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Now listen, he's just told them what's, not, what's bad. But now he's given them, you know, he's revealing the, this card now. He says, I've got, the, I've got the card on my left and I've got a card on, on my right. Choose the one on the right. Why? Because the one on the right says, choose life. So that you and your children may live. So he's declaring something that many of you are going to die in the wilderness. But there is a, an option. That if you choose life... You'll get through it. Now God's declared, many's going to die. Many will not cross over. Israel was stubborn. God, you know, maybe far from us that God should ever turn around and say, Dream Center, you've got six years and I'm closing this place down. Can you imagine that? Six years and you've all gone. I'll scatter you. I'll scatter you to the four corners of the wind so you'll never have any joy. You'll always be looking for churches. You'll never have a place to feed. You'll never have a place to drink. You'll never have a place to prosper in. And you'll scatter. You know what? There's a lot of Christians like that. Why do you think we've got history, church? Why do you think we've got history? Because God has allowed us, because there's always been generations, even though they might have been wrong, they still wanted to do what was right. There's a difference between wrong and wicked. Yes, you may be wrong, but if you're wicked, that's when God disperses you. But when you're wrong, God can bring you into account. And based on your response to that, you'll determine how far you go. Amen. Some men are wicked. Others are just wrong. And I've, and I've been wrong and you've been wrong. Amen. So he's saying to them, you know, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. Now, what is he doing it? The court, what he's saying is he's making is intent really clear to them? Is going back to, is announcing it officially. Yes? Is stating it emphatically. He's one to manifest his intent to them. Amen? So he's making his choices and opinions known to a group of people. This is God, he's declaring it. But then his high court ruling says, guys, if you don't do this, you're finished. Whenever God speaks, there is always the court ruling and there is always his ability and his, and, it should say, and his desire to manifest what he says. Oh, yes. Psalm 71 says this. Verse 17. Since my youth, O God. Psalm 71, verse 17. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. 
Even when I'm old and grey, do not forsake me. Oh God, till I declare your power, listen, to the next generation. This is me. Your might to all who are to come. Yes, your righteousness reaches to the skies. Oh God, you have done great things. Who, oh God, is like you? Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. See, now that's him making a declaration. Yeah, from the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up and you will increase my honor and comfort me once again. Wow. You've taught me. So what we see is a, is a time frame of his life. From being young to him being old. The God has been able to declare things over David's life. And now David's declaring things about God. And he's declaring them so that you, the reader, can understand. Amen? I, didn't know if da- I don't know if David ever knew that when he was saying the things he's saying and doing the things he was doing, that history would record it for us. I, didn't believe, I don't believe for one minute God says, you know, I'm going to write a book, David. And you're going to be in it. I don't know if David ever caught that. He had a great revelation. But you know, what you do is being recorded. Your children are seeing it. Your friends are seeing it. Your family are seeing it. Your boss is seeing it. How you live is being recorded. Yes? Even when I'm old and grey, don't forsake me. He wouldn't do that. Oh God, till I declare your power to the next generation. Do you know what, guys? That's legacy right there. He is so determined to pass his legacy on to the next generation that he wants to show the next generation, not only tell tell the generation about God, but he wants to show them his power and his might. And that's the very thing I want to see happen. That's, I guess, reading this, that's exactly what I was trying to say just a minute ago. When I said, you know, as we worship corporately, we've gone. God shows his power to us all corporately and he shows his might to us. Amen? Wouldn't that be awesome? It's going to happen. 1 Chronicles 16, verse 24. Again, God's still declaring. God loves the declaration. So he's declared to his people, Israel. He's declared to David. And listen to what he says now. Declare his glory among the nations. Nations now. It's gone from Israel now to the nations. So declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all people. So God wants us to declare it right around the world. God wants to be famous. Yes? God wants to be famous among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise is he to be feared above all gods. So he wants every other God, false God, to know that God is God. Amen? There are no other gods, by the way. But the only gods that are created are the ones in people's minds. Yeah? See, our God's not in our mind. Our God's in our heart. Amen? So, he wants, he wants God to be feared amongst all the other gods. He wants all the other gods to fear him. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. So, he stands apart from everything else and everyone else. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy in his dwelling place. Oh man, you need to declare that over your life. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. And that's why if you don't find the right place on earth and God scatters us, we never find the strength and joy that our life needs. That's why the right church is so important for us. Because it's the environment where we grow. It's not, it's not, we don't just need a church where we can hear someone speak. We need an environment where we can hear God's word and we can grow in the right environment. So he says, ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength and ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name. He likes declarations. He loves it. He loves it. Amen. Psalm 19 verse 4. Sorry, verse 1. Psalm 19 verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. Now his own dwelling place is declaring the glory. What are they declaring? The glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. So now creation speaking and declaring. So I don't know what the skies are declaring when it rains over Manchester all the time. It says, you're a rotten lot down there. <laughs> but you know what, guys? We're not in a drought. 
You don't lose your roof by the wind. You know, there might be strange weather patterns up here, but you know what? When it comes to the world's weather patterns and geographical safety, I think Manchester is really strategically placed. You know, I don't lose my, my roof. I don't, get, I don't have to swim to work. Right? I don't have to go to London for, a drink, you know, for somewhere else for a drink of water. I've got everything I need. It's green and lush here. Amen? A lot of people in different parts of the country, certainly as you start going down south and you go closer to the sea, hey, you never know if you're going to come home to your house. If the floods don't get you, the wind will get you. So, the heavens declare the glory and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. In other words, he's programmed them not to be quiet. He's programmed them to keep on declaring. Creation. So everywhere God goes, someone, something, somewhere, someplace... Is declaring his majesty. Wow. Wow. And on a Sunday morning, God finds it difficult to find a group of people who will open their mouth and praise him. When all the, all the nations and all the earth and creation is declaring his praise, you can't get someone down on the earth to sing and praise him. Why? I'll tell you why. Because he's given you free will. God doesn't demand you praise him. God asks you to praise him. But you can't praise someone you don't know. And you praise him through a relationship with him. Amen. The earth was created to praise. Creation was created to praise. Why? Because they don't have a free will. That was created that way. It's programmed. But you have a free will. That's what makes your praise a sacrifice. Amen. It's a sacrifice because he knows it's your will. God gives you his heart if you, when you give him your heart. Fantastic. There is no speech or language where the voice is not heard. But there is on a Sunday morning with some people. Yes? The voice, listen, the voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. When you speak and declare, my friend, your voice goes round the world. When you declare, it goes to the place where it needs to go. It touches the hearts that it needs to touch. When we were praying to the north, south, east and west and we, carried, and we spoke to the wind, people instantly start feeling this inner urge to go to Manchester. Whatever their situation is, they feel Manchester and God starts pulling them with a true north principle. He pulls them by the spirit and leads them into Manchester. And then people start coming, well, I look for the church while I'm here. And then all of a sudden they get to a church and then they find their place of purpose. But all that begun when someone began to declare. You must understand, you're not just speaking into the air. You're speaking into the spirit world. And the spirit world carries your words and my words. That's why negative words always affect people. They affect you, they affect them. But when positive words are used, it affects the environment. Well, that's the physical environment, but what about the spiritual environment? You know, negative, negative words will attract spirits. So if negative words attract spirits, what do you think positive words will do? It'll attract the angelic. If you look in your Bible, when you see the word wind, the wind often refers to the angelic. Did you know that? So when God says you don't know where the wind blows, he's not only just talking about the Holy Spirit, he's talking about angelic. The angelic take the words. Why? Because they're ministering spirits. Do you understand this, church? The angelic are working on our behalf. Angels are working over the dream center. Really? Yeah. Have they got harps? No. They're at work. They're doing their father's business like you and I should be. Yes? Whenever God, what it, should say, whatever God or whatever heaven is declaring, God then needs a human vessel. Such as you and me. To see, to hear, to observe, to obey and to declare. That which is either he is showing you or that which he is speaking to you. Let me say that again. Whatever heaven is declaring... God then needs a human vessel, such as you and me, to see, to hear, to observe, 
obey and declare that which is he, he is either showing you or that which he is speaking directly to you. God needs you. God needs me. God needs my voice. God needs your voice. God needs your physical frame. But he's God. Yes. But he also created you to be his mouthpiece on the earth. God will declare things in the heavens. But he also, whatever's bound in the earth is bound in the heavens. Whatever's bound in the heavens is, is, is bound on the earth. Vice versa, was released. Things have to come from the earth so that they're released in heaven. Decrees are made in the heavens so they're released on the earth. What's God's responsibility? God does. What's your responsibility is your responsibility. Yes? What God doesn't need you to do, he can do himself. But what God needs you to do, you and I must partner with him. Does that make sense? So that God puts his word in your mouth. Last week we said, we showed you two scriptures from the old and two scriptures from the new. And we said that this word is not somewhere on the far side of the ocean. It's not in the heavens somewhere. It's, in fact, it's near you. It's inside you. It's in you. So if it's in you, when the Lord quickens that word inside you, and breathes on that word, it comes alive inside you, and then you speak it out. You declare it. So, Isaiah 41. Listen to what he says. Isaiah 41, verse 21. Isaiah 41, verse 21. Present your case, says the Lord. Set forth your arguments, says Jacob, king. Bring in your idols and tell us what is going to happen. So he's testing the idols. Tell us what the former things were so that we may consider them and know their final outcome. Or declare to us the things to come. Tell us what the future holds so that we may know that you are gods. Do something, whether good or bad. So that we will be dismayed and filled with fear. But you are less than nothing. And your works are utterly worthless. He who chooses you is detestable. I have stirred up one from the north. Always from the north. And he comes. One from the rising sun who calls on my name. And he treads on rulers as if they were mortal. God is saying that, guys, these men could not tell you of the past or the future. They had no prophetic insight. They had no word. They served worthless idols, but the idols themselves could not speak. What good is a God if he doesn't speak? A God that doesn't speak is an idol. Yeah? So what good is it if these guys are in the land, but people are going to them to look for them? To find out the future. To find out what their life means. We could say in the modern day world, you could say it's, it's either tarot card reading. You could say palm reading. You could say uh, fortune telling. Anything like that. People want to know the future. We don't need to understand the past. We've got history books. But the future, mm, that's something different. So here he's showing me, saying, look guys, you know absolutely nothing. But I'm going to stir... I'm going to bring someone from the north who's going to carry my word and he's going to make declarations in your midst that's going to change the whole society. He's coming from the north. So guys, if we make that in a contemporary prophetic timeline, that's you and me. God is calling us from the north. Yes, can we understand that? The dream center, we are being called from the north. From the, we, we are coming from, from the rising sun. Jesus Christ, yeah, who calls on my name, that we, on his name, I should say. We as a church are calling on his name, yes, and he treads on rulers and as if they were mortal. In other words, we serve a mighty, powerful God who can stand on anything that gets in, in his way. But he needs your word, he needs his word in your mouth. Because the earth has to, the earth, the earth has to hear it. The earth, the heavens hear it, the earth has to hear it. There are powers, principalities, and rulers that have to hear the declarations of God. Do you understand this, church? It's not only in the invisible realm. The earth has to hear it. The whole of his creation has to hear his manifold 
wisdom. The whole of the earth has to hear it. He's not, he just doesn't do it in a secret place. He does it so that everyone can hear it. So you can't turn and say, well, I didn't know I was busy that day. I was in bed. God keeps saying to the church, I need a man, I need a woman, I need a church that will speak and, and speak out the intent, will of God for their life. How many of you know God knows the future? And you're part of it. How many of you know God knows the wickedness in men's hearts? But man doesn't realize the wickedness in his own heart. So God's, so you need a servant of God to speak so that man comes under conviction. So that man can see the wickedness in his own heart. And come to Jesus and ask him for forgiveness. How many of you know God knows the secrets that are in men's hearts? When men go to plot evil schemes, God knows the secrets. That's why a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom can reveal what's in someone's heart. That's why spiritual gifts are so important. Amen? How many of you know, God knows the intentions that are in men's hearts. And the intentions in men's hearts is wicked. Because he said the heart is wicked and deceitful above all else. Yes? So Zechariah. Go to Zechariah, please, if you will. Is this helping you? Zechariah chapter 5, verse 1. I looked again. So in other words, he's looked once before. Now he's having another look. Sometimes it's good to look more than once. And there before me was a flying scroll. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, well, I see a flying scroll. 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. And he said to me, this is the curse that is going out over the whole land of Tameside and Manchester. For according to what is, it says on one side, every thief will be banished. And according to what it says on the other, so it's, double, it's double-sided, everyone who swears falsely will be banished. Okay? The Lord Almighty declares, I will send it out. Listen, look where it's going. And it will enter the house of the thief. And it will enter the house of him who swears falsely by my name. It will remain in his house and it will destroy it. So it has a power. Listen, and it destroys it, both its timbers and its stones. It has the power to destroy foundations, structures. Oh, you've got to get hold of this. Foundations and structures. When the word of God is released, it can defile every structure that man can build. It can, it can def, listen, it can destroy the financial structures. That's why the nations are falling. Right now, the nations are struggling. European nations are struggling on this, in this global economy downturn. God is allowing things to take place because he's trying to bring the nations to its knees. God is allowing the structures, the financial structures. It doesn't matter what brain you've got, who, who is raised up. God is allowing it. But you know what he said? It won't come over you. And it won't come over us. So the word over us is a different word that's been released to the nations. God is releasing. God, me, God is destroying all the, all the systems and structures that feel secure. So that the whole earth starts shaking. And people become uncertain. And then people begin asking different questions. Hearts become open. And it's God who is shaking the nations once more. You've got to see what's going on in a global perspective, not in a local perspective. You know, when people say, oh, it's a downturn, I just laugh. Why? Because I know my God has got his hands on the whole world. I don't have to panic. That's what covenant does. Covenant says you'll be okay. Now, it doesn't mean say I'm ignorant and stupid, but what it means is, well, I'm going to be okay. Father, look after me. Well, God's well able to take the impact, but the nations can't. They're panicking. The left trying to bail out the right. The right trying to bail out the left. And you know what? There's no answer in the natural. Why? Because the scroll's gone out. Oh, it's not by fluke it's happening, my friends. God has decreed certain things must happen. And the scroll has gone out. Whether you like it or not, it's out there. And it's double-sided. Every, every system has got a thief and a liar. Every system's got them. 
Everyone's got, every system is, has got men who are plotting their own ways and scheming their own ways, trying to cream off. Men are trying to plot ownership. So why? So that a few men own a lot of things. And you think that by owning these systems, they'll have the power. God has the power. God has the power. Read your Bible. You'll see it. So he says, there's a scroll that's gone out. There is a scroll that has gone out to the nations, my friend. And I believe every nation has a scroll. I believe every city has a scroll. I really believe that every city has a scroll. It's our job as a prophetic house to understand what the scroll is saying for us, over us. This is why we must have a dimension. We must open up the portal so that God can speak to us. We can just be a church, bind us together, Lord, bind us together, Lord. Have no understanding what's going on. But if we want to be a voice, then you have to have a set of ears. Amen? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. And here he is, he's trying to send a scroll out. And he's asking Zechariah, do you see this, son? Do you understand what it's all about? Well, I I see a scroll and and I see it's double-sided. And I see it's this and I see the dimensions. And then God begins to tell him of what is going to happen in that nation. See, because right through that nation, they had abandoned the ways of God. Because Zechariah and the prophet Haggai were were on the earth at the same time. And this is 16, um, this is halfway through the restoration of building Israel. And the people's hearts have been turned. So they, they didn't, they'd allowed the systems of this world to interrupt what they were building on the earth. So the thief came in and the liar came in and the swindlers came in. And it affected what God was doing. So God begins to send the land a scroll. See, right now within our city... There are men plotting things and scheming things. True? How do you think trafficking, prostitution, drugs, all those things get into our city? Men scheme and operate. Now, God knows who they are, but there comes a point when the stench rises up to God. Yes? And God begins to bring a judgment upon a city. But he judges the city. Why? Because the church didn't do anything. Let me tell you that again. God just doesn't do, judge the, uh, the city because he's, he's, he's a harsh God. He judges it because he cannot find a man who will stand in the gap. I am one million percent convinced that what happened to Manchester and what happened to our streets last year, was, the, was it this year? Yeah. No, last year, wasn't it? Last year was a result of the church standing still. I firmly believe it. I absolutely one thousand percent believe it. No, one million percent. And the night when they started to come, I remember standing in the youth room praying, feeling helpless. Lord, how do we hold back this tide? But you know what? We were fortunate. It only happened one night and it began to rain. If nothing else, God sent the rain. And it held back and it deterred people. I like to, I like to think I played a part in that. And many who did pray. God, I said, God, if this thing doesn't work now, it's never going to work. The tide of evil is ready to come. The answer ready to take our city. And I felt angry inside and felt upset about it. And I wanted to go and fight every one of them. But our warfare is not against flesh and blood. But I, and and I, I just first, I was so depressed, so brassed off that God, why did it allow? Why didn't you turn it back? And then later God said, I sent the rain, didn't I? I sent the rain, so I thought, hallelujah, good old rain. That's why Manchester, you can always guarantee the rain. Ah, God reigns. God needs a man or woman on the ground, someone who can influence and rebuild the environment. Is that you and me, my friend? My role as a pastor is to affect this environment here. Yes, change the spiritual environment by building and giving to you spiritual dynamics that will allow us to touch God. Our corporate responsibility is to take it out and be salt and light where we go so i've got a job here to change this environment but we have a job to change that environment amen every man and woman has a role why would god make this church a voice if everyone just wants to sit on their blessed assurance and say nothing true god is not in the heavens just eating fluffy marshmallows he's not doing that he's not playing his harp I don't even believe God doesn't need to play instruments. He's got one heck of a band around him. Angelic voices. 
You know what? God's not going to say to me when I get up to heaven, Tony, sing me a song. He's not. Or he's going to say, Tony, I hope you brought your Hillsong CD with you. No. No disrespect to Hillsong. Why? He's already got. He is the song. He is the song. It's not hills. It's not hells. It's not bells. It's not smells. It's God songs. Amen. You know, Job said this. God examines me every morning and he tests me every moment. And he says he examines man every moment and every day. Every morning, God examines man. Every morning. Every morning, God watches the earth. He's watching the dream center. He's saying, church, what did you do with the word? What are you doing with the word? Every morning, he's watching and examining us, church. How often? Every morning. It's quite frightening, that. It's quite frightening. That's why he says, in the morning, oh God, I will praise you. You watch me, oh God, by morning, by morning. God's watching all the time. Church, when you get up in the morning, ladies, even without your makeup on, God watches you. He sees you. And he says, you're still beautiful. Guys, he sees you, you know, you stubbly beard on, he says, you're beautiful. Yeah? Before the world gets its focus and gets, its, gets to see you all manicured, God says, I saw you. I saw you just before you were waking up. I read your thoughts before you were waking up. You're saying, give me five more minutes. That was the thought you were saying. <laughs> just five more minutes, Lord. Just five more minutes became the cry of the man on the earth. So I said, five more minutes, flipping heck. You've been there for four hours, 15 hours. Get up, you lazy rat. It's because of man's heart and intention that God counteracts him by sending us a word. God sends us his word. Amen? So it can be spoken over a family, a region, a city, a nation. I want that word. I want that word. I want that word. We need that word in our house. Amen? So that the curse coming towards the earth can be revoked. The curse that's coming to the earth can be revoked. This is why we need a, a church that can hear the voice of God. And he sends it as a scroll, my friends. He sends it as a scroll. I know you're not quite there yet, but right now Manchester could do with a word. You know, I got a word for Manchester. I got a word. Loving the city. And I sent that out to different people. But that's a prophetic word to our city. It's no less... Valid today, just because it's a year old, it's still as important today. That word, God is turning the nation round. The nation's in a, the, the church is inside a cave. And God showed us how Mary and Martha will play a part in the, the spirit of Mary and Martha will rise up in the church. It will meet God halfway. Only Mary and Martha know the affections of Jesus. Those two ladies understood how to get his affection. Church, that's what you and I must do and then we took you to song of solomon and we showed you how you must not wait you must not mess around arouse love until you're ready this is the word that god laid on our hearts church that's the that's the word that god's saying that's the scroll that came to you and to me pray that labor in that word that was a scroll for manchester but you know many many pastors don't want to know it many many if it's not come from them they're not interested but your job is to speak it God sends it, you speak it. God will send it where it's going. Someone's going to catch it somewhere. Amen? Because the environment became so corrupt and the people have become so corrupt within their hearts, God sends a word. God sends a prophet. God sends prophets. God sends prophetic churches on the earth. And that's why he said to Zechariah, Zechariah, I know you understand this. Zechariah, I can show you some things that's, that's going to bust the environment up. These guys are operating like this but I'm giving you the answer. You're going to be influential in this nation, he says. I'm, going to, I'm allowing you to see it because nobody else can see it, but I'm going to show you what I'm seeing, what heaven's perspective is on this. And when you see heaven's perspective, my friend, it reverses the earth. Spirits are sent from hell to send the earth into confusion. The Holy Ghost sends a word from heaven into his church to reverse the chaos. Amen? See, the world doesn't know which way the wind's blowing. But we as the church know which way the Holy Spirit's blowing. We know God is rebuilding. God is strengthening. God is restructuring. God is attacking the systems. Why? Because they're corrupt. Pharaoh is in every system. Pharaoh will make you a slave. Do we say we don't work for the systems? No. We rise in the system. We affect and influence the system. Whatever those systems are, I'll show you those systems. Not now, but I'll show you those systems so everyone knows what those systems are. Is that okay? 
So you'll have a clear understanding of what the seven mountains are. And the scroll, the scroll must be declared in our midst. Go to Luke 4, if you will, please. Jesus was the living, prophetic, eternal scroll landed on the earth. Now listen, it's no use if that scroll's in the air. It's got to be brought down to earth. What was the scroll doing? It was flying. It's no good if it's in the air, is it? It's no good if it's in the air, church. It's got to be brought down to the ground. You have to land the word. You have to bring it down. Look at Jesus. Jesus returned in Galilee. Luke 4, verse, so Luke 4, verse 14. Luke 4, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through, through the, uh, the countryside, the whole countryside. He taught in the synagogues and everyone praised him. And he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as it was custom. And he opened and he stood there and ready to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Okay. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is where it's written. The spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight of the blind. To release the oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He could have asked for any scroll. Jesus could have asked for any scroll out the Old Testament. But he knew exactly what scroll needed reading at that moment. He knew exactly what that environment needed. Jesus had to land a scroll. Even though he was the word, he had the whole Bible he could have spoke from, or the Old, Old Testament, I should say, he could have spoke from, but he picked out Luke 4, verse 14. Sorry, Isaiah, sorry. Luke records it. <laughs> Isaiah records it first. Out of all the things he could have said, he could have said a lot of things about his own resurrection, his own death. He could have spoke a lot of things about their history, but he spoke the word that the environment needed. You see this? Out of all the scrolls, he turns to the right place. So if someone says to you tomorrow, stand up and tell us what your God's doing. Can you do it? Do you know what part of the scroll to open up and declare it in people's hearing? That is the power, church, whether you truly have a voice. You know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to, in my mind now, I'm trying to streamline things down into small little chunks. So if people ask me questions, I can give them the answer for this, give them the answer to that, give them the answer for this. If someone says to me, what, what is man up all about? I've got to be able to say it in three lines. If someone says to me, what is unleashed? That's hard for me. I write and write and write. Really? Because I like to explain it so everyone knows. But when you say it in three lines, it's hard. And what about this? And what about that? Three lines. Three lines on his chest. And it's hard, but you know, you must know what scroll to speak. This church must know how to change this environment. We must have the word that will change this environment. We can't say, oh, Jesus loves you. That's true, but that's not the scroll. That might be a scroll if you're talking to one-on-one -on -one with someone and they need Jesus, you can say that. But what, when someone's asking you what is, what is your God doing, you must be able to tell them exactly what God is doing. Because how many of you know people want to know? So, unless certain things are seen, caught, landed, opened, the environment can't change. Unless certain things are seen, heard, and caught and opened, the environment cannot change. This environment changed 10 years ago because I heard something. This environment began to change because I saw some things in the spirit. So this environment began to change because I, I felt some things in the spirit. This environment began to change because I obeyed what the scroll was saying. And there was the, the soil was not ready. But my words had to cultivate the soil and get the soil turned. And then one or two would then begin to get the seed and they begin to water it. So, and all the time, my job is to keep speaking and speaking and speaking what I'm hearing, what I'm receiving, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what I'm feeling. Somebody has to keep speaking it. Your children are not back from their wayward life yet, but you have to keep speaking it. What does the scroll say? You see, my, my, two, my two children, Laura and Ben, they're not serving God. And they're living lifestyles that does not please me one iota. And they've been raised in the church, but that's not enough. 
It's not enough because their God, my God has not become their God. Now, I, every time I go to pray for Laura, you know what the scroll always keeps telling me? Laura's in a situation where I don't like as a father. But every time I go to speak for Laura, God always says this, don't fret. It just says, don't fret. And I feel his peace. It'll be okay. That's not what I want to hear, God. I need to pray. I need to spend four hours. I need to lash myself. I need to feel some kind of remorse here, responsibility. Let me, let me whip myself. No, it's going to be okay. Only a couple of weeks ago, I was telling Phil, you know, as fathers and daughters have arguments. You know, unless you didn't do that. Yes, holy men have arguments. And, you know, your daughter winds you up to the point where you want to kill her. Yeah, so the carnal Tony came out, and it's really disturbed me. It got into my spirit. It really did mess me up, because I wanted to go and fix it. I wanted to kill her first and then fix it, as you do as a parent. And I'm in a meeting. Not in this meeting. I'm in a meeting. I'm saying, God, I need to turn this around. How do I turn it around? Can I kill her first and then pray for a second? And this turmoil is going in my heart. And you know what the Lord said to me? The hearts of the fathers must turn to the children. Boom. Okay? So I sent her the text. You know, you send her the text, let's just test the waters to see if she's still alive, if she's still breathing, if she still loves me. And then what she sent back is private. Enough to say, we're back on track. But the point is, and that night, I'm, I'm frustrated in my spirit, and I'm thinking, God, this, I'm trying to break through to you in worship, but at the same time, my soul is troubled. Anybody been like that? Yeah, of course you have. It's okay, God knows. But as long as you're conscious of it, and I'm trying to break in both. I'm trying to push one away and, and, and work in the other. And then all of a sudden, a man begins to lay his hands on me. He knows nothing about me. And he starts talking about my destiny, prophesying. I always get picked out in a crowd, even by the police. <laughs> and, and, God, and, God, and I'm thinking, oh God, I'm listening to what the word says. And all of a sudden, the prophet says to me, and that situation with your daughter, the Lord says it's going to be okay. Now, why does that happen? Because I'm reading the scroll. The scroll of my life says, don't panic. I want a four-page document. I want your writing at the bottom saying, she will be back. But the scroll says, don't panic. You know what? When God uses words, he doesn't use long sentences. Don't panic. Even a dummy like me can understand that. DP stepped on me, you know, stamped on my head. Don't panic, son. So anyway, just give me two minutes and we'll land this sucker. The scroll, that is. You must be able to see, hear, catch, hold, and open that which God is saying. Even as I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. God's speaking to you privately and personally. That's why the word comes. Some words teach us, other words impact us. And as God is speaking to you, you must say, right, that's it. You see, now the greatest example of I, have, I have ever witnessed about the scroll coming to my life is when I received the name for the Dream Center. It came at such a velocity. Honestly, it was like a javelin being thrown across the room. I'm sat in this church and I don't know what the pastor was saying. I can't remember. But something must he said must have opened up a portal and that womb, it came right Across the room. And instantly, I saw it was like a scroll. And it came in and it opened up and it went, dream center. And instantly, I knew what he said. Now, what I have then have an opportunity or a responsibility to either close the scroll. Because I know these guys won't like it. And then I think, you guys won't like it. Dream center? What kind of flipping name is that? It's like a bed center. <laughs> and I can turn around and say, no, they won't like it. Or I can either obey it. I can either see it, open it, hold it. I think, Lord, it's you. I know it's you. I felt the force. I felt the confidence. You know, I gave these guys the opportunity to speak into it, which is right and proper. I gave you the opportunity to speak into it. But you know, in my heart, it was always going to be the dream center. Why? Because I knew God. Now, the same God speaks to me. He's got to speak to everyone else. Now, we didn't have a vote on it because that's not the way. If God speaks, that means God is the majority of one speaks. But we work with the processes. We don't ignore and just override. But it seemed good to these, the father and the son. It seemed good to those two. And then we, we brought it to you lot and your face is like, oh, dream shine. Oh, dream center. Now it's cool. It's amazing how many people say, I love that name, dream center. I say, I can't take any credit. God gave it me. I didn't sit there and think, what can I call the name of the church? No, it came. But it was a scroll that came to me. Amen? It's the scroll. 
It's the scroll. Now, Jesus, when he opened up the scroll, listen, Jesus discovered some things about this scroll. He says, you must have, he said, Jesus returned in the power of the spirit. Your life must have the power of the spirit upon it so that you can receive and open and hold. And if you don't know how to open a scroll for your life, you will try many things and get hurt. This is why as a church, this is why we're running different courses. To help people come into understanding how to understand the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because it is the number one question most Christians ask. How can I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? We've all been there. We've all been there. Number two question is, how do I know the will of God for my life? And it's amazing how many people will remove themselves out of that environment and then go to another environment where they don't get taught these things. Right? And that's life. So we need to understand this. Jesus understood the power you carry, the spirit dimension upon your life. See, there are those people when they come in here on a Sunday morning, you enjoy the warmth of the fire. You enjoy, oh, it's nice and warm in here. But there are others who bring the flame. And, you know, God knows who they are. Some are fire starters. And some are just enjoyers of the flame. And, and you must bring your fire your desire. God, I just, I want to worship you this morning. That's all God needs. And the spirit within you will connect with the spirit in the earth. You don't need to have, the, you know, the, you know, you're hearing God more than you realize it. And when you hear me speak or others speak, you think, yeah, that's what God said to me. Right. Lesson 101. You did receive then, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I did. Yeah. You must have the power of the spirit upon your life. Yes. Number two, there must be a place for the contents to be read and accepted and applied. This is what we call the church. Jesus went into the synagogue. You came into the church. There must be a place for your life where the contents of this scroll can be read, accepted, and applied. Do you understand that? Jesus was the living word. He, knew, he was speaking that out because he wants his words to be accepted and applied. But he knew they wouldn't. But he still spoke it anyway. There must be a place for the contents to be read, accepted, and then applied. In other words, you must be connected. Number three, the scroll is to be is the scroll to us is good news. But to those receiving it, sometimes it comes as bad news. Do you know that? It has an effect upon people. That's why when when God said to Elijah, go and prophesy this and then gird up your lines and run like hell. Why? Because they're not going to like it. It's going to bless the environment, but it's not going to bless those who hear it. In other words, I'm saying this now, the environment needs to shift. Listen, the environment needs to shift. And what I mean by shift is some people need shifting out of it. Some things need shifting out of our environment. Amen? So you may have to be the person to go and speak it. You may have to write a letter to your MP. You may have to have a word with your boss. You may have to have a word with some of your neighbors. I don't know. Whatever it is, whatever needs shifting in the spirit needs shifting. Amen? God will put it inside your heart. God will put it inside your heart. So it must be read, accepted, applied. The scroll is good news. But it's not always good news to everyone who receives it. Lastly, the contents of the scroll must reveal what God is about to do. Either in your life or within our corporate life. The scroll, the contents of the scroll must reveal what God is about to do. Either in your life or within the corporate life of the church. In other words, if God's given you a prophetic word, it's either for your life or for us. Hello? It must be for either us. As a church, that's why you come and speak to me and say, I feel God saying this. And many of you have done that. Other times, you bring a word and I'll say, well, I think that word could be for you. And you may receive it and not quite sure. You think, oh, yeah, well, it's for me, but it's also for the church. Well, that's my job then to discern whether it's for us. It might be for you, and that'd be wonderful. I can encourage you in that and maybe instruct you in a few things. It may be for us. That's why we talk about it. Amen? So God will give you the word on two levels. It'll either be for you personally or for us corporately. If it's a word for us corporately, come and speak to me about it, and we can talk about it, and then leave it with me. Don't force it on us. Leave it with us. And if it's of God, I can pray about it, and then we can act upon it. Amen? Does that make sense? That's cool. You know, the scroll said of Jesus that he would be a preacher of good news to the poor. So will you. 
The scroll said that Jesus would proclaim freedom for the prisoners. So must we. The scroll said he would recover the sight of the blind. Spiritual blind. Physical blind. That's what the scroll has power to do. That's what you and I will do. Amen. The scroll said of Jesus that he would release the oppressed. That's what you and I are doing. The scroll said that he would proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's what we're doing. That's declaration 101. Proclaim is in other words, declare. Declare God's opinion, God's manifestation over our nation, over his church. God, this is the year of Lord's favor upon our church. Next year, it'll be another year of Lord's favor. There's only one year. This is a season we're in. Amen. So can we stand to our feet, please? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information, go to www.thedreamcentre.co.uk.